What is going on, everybody? It is a wonderful Friday morning in late August, the dog days of summer. We got a lot of baseball, Jake. A lot of sweeps happened. We'll get into that. There's some disturbing news about gas stations. There's some people in hard slumps, and there's some people in Fuego. Let's talk about all of it. We're talking baseball. Talking baseball. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show, Talking Baseball. I'm your host, John Boy, and you got your other host, Jake, coming to you from a Starbucks in Oklahoma. Is that correct? McDonald's. McDonald's, Jim. Um, in Eufaula, Oklahoma. Um, I am happy to see your smiling face. We've got some classics have just kicked in on the radio, including The Lion Sleeps Tonight. We've had Runaround Sue. Um, and yeah, we're, we're going to run into some L elements i can't tell you how happy i am to see and hear you properly after what went through on talking yanks last night oh, there's a little there's a little kid on the show yeah he'll he'll get involved he uh i think he'll be moving he uh he'll he'll be a first first half of the show um but yeah man i'm i'm doing well we're here for a fantasy football draft guys weekend boating and golfing and it is downpouring outside there's no internet for anyone to do anything so we're we're kind of bottoming but we're we're about to peak i feel it i'm going i'm going whopper to flopper <laughs> wow wow nice yeah all right well yesterday uh for those who want a little behind the scenes yesterday the yankees game ended at 1 a.m eastern time so that means we have to start recording talking yanks then I was up till 3.30, and I said on the show, if I wake up and it's 80 degrees or higher tomorrow, I'm just going to be so mad. I'm so sick of summer. I'm so sick of the heat. Guess what, Jake? I woke up. It's 70 and raining all day when my girlfriend, Caitlin, told me that. Biggest smile on my face. Then we were out of coffee, and I was like, I need coffee to do Talking Baseball. I just didn't get any sleep. I started walking to the car, realized that I had a five-hour energy in the fridge because the gas station has a $10 minimum, and whenever I need to hit the $10, I just load up on five hours, and then, like, I guess I'll drink these later on because they're the most expensive thing that gets me gets me over the $10 cap right quick. So that made me happy. So the weather being bad and uh, didn't have to go out for coffee. I'm, I'm all sorts of perked up. We are running late because there's a lot of, lot of just technical difficulties and, and sleep depression deprivation but we're here we're ready to talk some baseball uh, contrary to where we were a few hours ago we are on the up and up jim yeah yeah jake was coming to me from the the like original internet last night i came to you from 1989 literally yeah, in it, it was time travel <laughs> bizarre bizarre i don't get it i do not get it i but i don't i can't talk about that jim i want to talk about the baseball and maybe some beautiful people maybe yeah here's some beautiful people that are sponsoring this episode of talking baseball this very special august 23rd episode of talking baseball in which jake is coming to you from a mcdonald's we have zach nakaro zach nakaro zenak uh scooterfish 88 birth name that was his birth name <laughs> polish huh yeah we're all asshole parents oh honey what do Jerks. you think about scooterfish 88 Punch it. Sounds great. Honey, I love it. Kevin Wallace. Nice. Nice solid Scottish name. Is Wallace Scottish or is that just William Wallace? I don't yeah, know. It's just Chelsea Meister. Big the fan Meister. Of the Meister. I'm like, the Meister is a fun last name. 
Amy Solomon. Solomon. Thanks, Amy Solomon. Hugh. <laughs> Strong. Strong. I had uh, before I before the YouTube blew up when I we only had like three thousand or two thousand subscribers. My biggest, most loyal subscriber was a guy who went by the moniker Hugh Anus, which I uh, I mean Anus. I could say it. I'll, I'll lose a lot of friends at, at my current location, but yeah, Hugh Janus. Yeah, yeah. Jeff Van Fossen. Good pitcher name. Michael Bobo. Ooh, wow. Whoa. Can't be his last name, right? Bobo? Maybe. I think there's actual Bobos out there. That's fun. Uh, Dominic Fraticelli? <laughs> yeah, good, good Bizon, huh? <laughs> Jason Welch. Hank Van Wart. Wow, two Vans. Jeff Van Fossen, Hank Van Wart. Full of Vans. Man, I'm talking, I'm talking Yanks. It's the mix on this. It's the Vans, huh? Yeah, and Mike Martin. Those are our most recent Patreon supporters and subscribers. $2 a month. Get a chance to win two jerseys. Uh, you get a chance. Two jerseys are given out every month. Uh, you get to be in the chat. We got Austin, Jason, John, Andrew in the chat right now. So uh, they're watching live um, and can be part of the show. We've had some slump watch like submissions from the chat recently. Some in Fuego submissions. So that's cool. So Love that. Uh, it really helps us out. We appreciate it. So that's uh, that's that, Jake. How you doing? Loaded question, man. What what do you want to hear? <laughs> Were you able to watch a lot of the games this this week? Yeah, man. I I, I watched a ton of baseball. Um, I, uh, it, it was fun going through the reports. I know you and I were on West coast time. So it was kind of funny. I had more of a West coast spin this week and there was a couple that popped out a couple, a couple of the interleague ones jumped out big time, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, man. Um, I'm, and again, from where I was a few hours ago, I'm in a great place. So I'm, I'm just going to keep pushing that. You checking out any of the little league world series. Are we allowed to talk other baseball and talking baseball just for a second? Ooh, I guess that is baseball. Um, no, I mean, I saw the Jersey shuffle, but they're out. Who should I begin behind? Oh, this dude on um, the team from Louisiana, I believe. His name is Reese Russo. Oh, yeah. Alliteration. He, he went four for four yesterday in the elimination game in the semifinal uh, for the U.S. side with a grand slam. He has 13 hits in four games. Like that guy is going to have a successful life. Like that's when you have that confidence as a 12 year old, that's it. He's got a nice, pretty lefty swing. So good for him. Um, The uh, Japanese team infield is crazy. They changed it up last year and this will be the end of the little league combo, but it used to be if you just made contact, you hit a home run. Like it was wildly bizarre. And last year they switched the bats so now it's actually like a lot of defense, a lot of base hits, a lot of scoring from second. And and they moved the fences back, what, three, four years ago? Something like that? Yeah, but but that didn't even make a difference. There were still like 61 home runs in 12 games in 2000. Right, but I'm saying now that with the bats, I mean, that's yeah. a little, little oomph. They need to move the bases. It needs to become 50-70. I think they'll get there soon. But uh, yeah, man, it's cool. It's cool. So I th- we're, the U.S. final is today. Gotta watch that. Yeah, who's playing? Louisiana and someone. Hawaii versus Louisiana. Class. Hawaii's of cult- always tough. Class of cultures. 
Hawaii is always tough. It feels like whatever. Like it feels like Hawaii gets like a conglomerate team, not a small town, but I think they are just small town teams. Like Hawaii is always so good. Smallers. Yeah, good. All right. Let's go into the Major League Baseball. I am bringing you your National League report today, Jake. But you know who's really bringing you the National League report? Our friends at Roosevelt Shirts. Uh, You've definitely seen Roosevelt Shirts out and about if you're a baseball fan. A lot of MLB players wear them constantly. There's no vowels in the name. It's R-S-V-L-T-S. They're super comfortable. Jake and I are about to get ourselves some. They got, like, really fun designs. They like to say that their shirts are conversation starters. You can't wear them somewhere and have and not have someone be like, ooh, I like that shirt. Where'd you get that shirt? That that might be a good way to describe my wardrobe in general, just conversation starters. Yeah. Have you picked out which one you're getting yet? Well, I think I need the Savages Yankee one, right? It's I mean, not available to the public. That was okay. A, that was a special for just wow. That's marketing, huh? Yeah. That's business. Yeah. Um, you, you saw there's that one Miami Vice one. That's that's speaking my lingity. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm Poppy Gordo's gonna load up. Yeah. So go to uh, Roosevelt's. Check out their shirts. They're comfortable. They're fun. They got a lot of stuff. And they reached out to us at John Boy Media and said we want in on what you guys are doing, and we love that. That is awesome. So we support them. They support us. If you go go to rsvlts.com slash John Boy, that's rsvlts.com slash John Boy, you can get 15% off your next order. They uh, That link takes you straight to a page where they put like all their baseball shirts. They do have other pop culture ones, but that's baseball. So anyway, they're bringing you your National League report today, and it is as follow what happened tell me babe what happened is the nationals went to pittsburgh and split a four-game set the two games they won they blew them out but they gotta win that series jake it was a week full of sweeps and the nationals did not even win three versus the pirates come on the phillies Swept a two-game set versus the Red Sox. A good start from Aaron Nola in game one and some RBIs from Harper. And Corey Dickerson got in the mix in game two. Good job by the Phillies there. They win two. The Reds took two out of three from the Padres in the Nothing Matters Bowl. All low-scoring games and three really good pitching performances from the Reds. I think it was Bauer, Sonny Gray, and Castillo all had good outings. Uh, The Reds won two out of three, but... The Reds right now are playing for next year, and so are the Padres, and the Reds just beat them. Battle for let's be good next year, Reds won. The Mets welcomed the Cleveland Indians to town and swept them right away, Jake. They walked them off in game two. They shut them out in game three. Syndergaard and the defense doing big things. Good for the Mets. Good, like Really good for the Mets. Happy for them. The Braves swept the Marlins, as they should. Three good starts from Keuchel, Tehran, and Soroka. So good pitching all around in the uh, Amer- National League East. The uh, NL Central, Jake, had a big showdown. The Cardinals and the Brewers, two teams in the mix to win that division. St. Louis won the first two but could not finish the sweep. Good job by the Cardinals. Not the best job by the Brewers, but you did salvage the series. While those two teams were battling it out, the Cubs swept the Giants to get back into first place or solidify first place. Game two was an absolute slugfest that ended with a score of 12 to 11. The next day was a one to nothing ball game. Ain't that baseball? 
You had 23 runs scored. The next day you had one. Gotta love it. The Rockies beat the Diamondbacks in a three-game set that I didn't delve into besides uh, might have a standout performance coming from there. And the Dodgers swept the Baby Jays, walked them off two nights in a row, said, hey, we know you guys are good, but you ain't spoiling shit for us. That is your National League report. Like I said, a lot of sweeps and a lot of good teams doing good things besides... Uh, the Brewers and the Nationals. Yeah, the uh, I, I mean, when you look at the standings right now, uh, all the teams on top of the divisions, uh, your Cubs have won five straight. Uh, the Dodgers have won three straight, and Atlanta's won five straight. Uh, so they're they're starting to move. I mean, the, the Central is still the Central. The Cubs have, what, a half-game lead? Um, on the Cardinals right now, uh, the team that's worrisome, and I think I'll I'll start there just go, so we can talk about the good stuff. The Brewers, are we raising a yellow flag for the Brew Crew? I don't know, I don't know yet. You know, uh, the Cardinals are good and they're on fire right now. The Brewers are now four games out in the division uh, with the Cubs sweeping, and and that I don't know how many more games the Brewers have against the Cubs and the Cardinals. Uh, I can check that out real quick. I'm not too worried if I'm the Brewers fan, unless there's something that I don't know about injuries or, you know, just someone's like gone to shit that I'm not aware of. They, I think the only thing that's jumping, jumping into my mind on, on that level would be, I feel like the Brewers identity last year was how strong that bullpen was. Hater, Jeffress, everyone that was hater. coming out. Hater's a problem. And, that's the problem. I mean, it feels like they've that that's been bad. Which if you have a bad bullpen, that's tough, anyways. But also, I mean, that was like that team's identity, and that feels gone right now. Uh no, they're they're fine, man. I mean, the Brewers, if they if they if they can collect themselves, they have six games left against the Cardinals, and seven games left against the Cubs. So, so they, they get, still control. They, they can still control their own destiny in a sense. But, I mean, if you're looking at just what happened this week, they lost ground in the division, and they become the – they have three – they have four teams ahead of them for the wild card now. They have the, the Phillies, the Mets, the Cardinals, and the Nationals ahead of them for the wild card. So, yeah, the Brewers had a tough week standings-wise. I mean, they can make up for it, but – not, not the right. Best. And the, the number crunch becomes like, this is definitely some turkey, Mac. But yeah, you got to jump four teams and there are three teams in the wild card, two teams in your own division. Uh, it's I don't know when you when you start looking at the teams, you have to be better in than the games. I think that's a that's a better way to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. And then in the, the Braves, the Braves sweep, they do what they do. A lot of a lot of Acuna this series. I mean, he got benched. I'm starting to like that guy. He got benched, and then the very next game he gets thrown at again on purpose or not. Who knows? But the Marlins have hit him a ton, three times now. And his manager gets ejected, defending him, and then the walk-off in the last game of the series. So he put he's putting his stamp all over everything these days. Yeah, and you might hear a little Brian Snitker and, and who got mad later. Who got mad? Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
the Mets are coming for the Nationals, man. They're coming for the wild card. They're game and a half out. The Mets are seven games over um, 500. And they're, you know, I I was hesitant. And I, I'm not, I'm not uh, regretting my hesitancy. I think it was warranted. But when they had that really good stretch against the Pirates and the Marlins, I said, well, let's wait. Let's wait and see how the Mets fare against, you know, the Indians and the Nationals and uh, and the Braves when they come to town. Well, they won two out of three from the Nationals. They lost two out of three from the Braves. They win two out of three from the Royals. They should have, but they just swept the Indians. Um, they got their next stretch is the Braves and then the Cubs for six more games. So I they're good right now. They have a lot of momentum, and they're playing like a cohesive unit that's having a lot of fun. So the Mets are doing big things. I know Mets fans, majority of them are still like waiting for the other shoe to drop, but uh, it's another big test, two more big series coming up. Um I don't know. Go 500. Go 500 against the Braves and the Cubs, and I think you're you're still in a good spot. Ah, oh, then they play the <laughs> Phillies and the Nats after that. Wow, it's actually like it's a lot of wow. It's four series in a row for the Mets now. Five. They play the Phillies again after. Holy shit! What a tough schedule. I mean, yeah, I, that's that's why that's why you were <laughs> you you had your big hesitation. It, it was less taking care of Pittsburgh and Miami. It was more so. I mean, they've got what like seven, eight series in a row against really good teams. Yeah. Braves, Cubs, Phillies, Nats, Phillies. That's five. But Jim, I- that's six series in a row, including this Cleveland one. They just swept. Good for them. Six series in a row against contending teams. And then they have four games against the Diamondbacks. That's a, a somewhat of a breather. And then three against the Dodgers. The the Wow. Man, that's a really tough stretch for the Mets. That they can beat those teams and play with those teams. It's just like every night. Okay, this is a big game. Okay, this is a big game. Okay, this is a big game. You know, like that's it's going to get exhausting. They're going to have to earn it, man. But they they believe they're the amazing Mets right now. They believe that their fans, the crowd believes. Um, yeah, man, the JD Davis walk off was a lot of fun. And, uh, dude, we, we've seen the Indians recently. They've been one of the best teams in baseball, and they're super balanced. Like, the Indians can beat you with their pitching or their hitting. And, uh, I mean, now the Mets are bringing it in all aspects. It's not just, like, bank on our pitching. It's, you know, our hitting's going to give you trouble. Um, they're, they're doing some things defensively. I remember when they traded for Stroman, the joke was about all of Stroman's ground balls and how the Mets basically had the worst defensive infield measured out in recent years. And, uh, man, it's it's awesome. And I think, Jim, I, you know, this might sound corny to some people. I think baseball truists will believe it. They got magic right now, man. Yeah. I mean, it's going to get put to the test. But that's exciting for the Mets. Did you see um, Davis's catch and left yesterday with Syndergaard on the um, I'm not sure. I don't think so. Running backwards, just, like, kind of puts the glove out and, uh, like, back to the wall catch is pretty good. Little angels in the outfield. What's the skill to luck ratio? Well, yeah, he took a good route, so that's always skill. 
And I, I think, Jim, you'll remember this. One of our first episodes of Talking Baseball, we were talking Mets, and I reached out. I, I was asking Mets fans. I was like, tell me what's up with J.D. Davis. I see him in the meat of the lineup. It looks like he can hit a little bit. It didn't seem like he had a position. If he could find a position and the hitting stuff is real, I mean, J.D. Davis is a good ball player. Yeah. I think, uh, I think like, an Alex Gordon, Brett Gardner, really good left fielder might track that down looking with the hand up. Right. So it, so I don't, I don't know. It's a good catch though. And uh, then Alonzo fields the ground ball, tosses it to Syndergaard, like bobbles it a little, and they, they like arm pound and then chest bump, and Syndergaard kind of laughs because like Alonzo's just this fucking like fired up meathead kid. Like, it's almost. It's not. We see, we see football intensity in baseball. Like you can peg guys that are football guys playing baseball. Alonzo's like, like military intensity or something. Alonzo does things that I've never done unironically. Right. And he does them seriously. Like I've never made a good play in sports and seriously like let's chest bump like just naturally like if i do it's like playing spike ball on the beach and like you know like that was just even when i played sports as a young youth that was like i was never like dude we can't actually do that but that's how he he operates man it's so genuine and it's so real so good for Pete. yeah he's he's bringing a lot of excitement i mean his 40 home runs help too but good for them. Isn't that crazy, Jim? I, I think we do. This this was before talking baseball. I I don't think we we said anything, but I remember when Alonzo came up and he was hot. People were Mets fans were saying like, "Yeah, man, this guy's this guy's our judge." And everyone was like, "Chill out, okay." Judge hit fifty three homers. He's a stud defensively. Blah blah blah. Uh, Alonzo's eyeing that fifty burger himself. So I, I guess kudos to Mets fans that were partially talking out of their butt at the time. Yeah. Well, they said that about Conforto too for a while. Yeah, and that's a great point, Jim. They they lost that game because they said Conforto was the next judge, and he's nice, but come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing I want to say is, I know this doesn't matter much, but the Reds and the Padres, like I kind of said, two teams that are are playing for next year. Like, hey, let's finish strong because next year we're doing damage, you know. And the Reds pitching, man. Trevor Bauer with a good start. Seven innings pitched, two earned runs, 11 strikeouts. I wonder if that's his first, like, because uh, I know he had been struggling in Cincy. I think he's had two good Cincy starts, I think. I could be wrong. I, I got it up right now. So since the trade, um, yeah, he had a seven innings pitched, one earned run, 11 Ks. So he's got four starts now, and this was his second good one. So he pitches the first game, seven innings pitched, two earned runs, 11 Ks. In the second game, you got Sonny Gray. He goes six innings pitched, one earned run, 10 Ks. So you got one earned run again, double-digit Ks. And then in the third game, you got a Castillo. He goes six innings pitched, one earned run as well. I mean, I don't know. I know that they're out of contention, so you're not going to talk about them that much, but the Reds got some arms. 
Yeah, and Jim, I think you might see them try to fight for 500. I think they're six games under 500. I think they're, what, 60 and 66, something like that. Like 500 for them, that would be a big thing they could rally around. And, dude, Sonny Gray could be on Enfuego every week, which is killing our souls a little bit. And, dude, how about Luis Castillo might have had the highlight of the weekend when he almost of the week when he just broke that person who who was up and he just threw him three dirty pitches and they were all over the place um i can't think of it i i i, I can track it down in a minute i'll get there but uh yeah man uh the the reds the reds like they have something to play for i think that's what you're saying in a roundabout way yeah and their pitching is just impressive the braves also with the sweep of the marlins on three good outings as well always always the braves braves are Better than uh, they're good. They're good uh, every 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 step of the way. They're good, and I love. Uh, I kind of love everything. I said in my breakdown that Snitker kind of threw uh, Acuna under the bus, and people didn't like that. I guess it's not the best term because I I don't think he really threw. Him. I think a lot of managers, especially in the East Coast, uh, would in New York or Boston would keep all of that in house and say that's internal. Like when he, when he took him out for not hustling, you know what it is, but I don't think they'd say it to the reporters and the media. Like, uh, yeah, that's something we can't do. He put himself ahead of the team and that's not something we're going to do. I don't think you can do that in New York and Boston because the media will fucking make that player into a bad guy. (laughs) <laughs> for real like we've seen that with Gary Sanchez they will they will eat. so uh, it, I I think in the Atlanta market it played because all the fans were like yeah teach him a lesson that's good like we still like him because there's a lot of reasonable like kind of like nice people uh, so I but I'm, what I'm trying to say is I think that that actually helps the Braves moving forward it was a good message all around and the fact that Acuna responded he has his back and then Acuna hits the walk off and everything's like great now. It's like, wow, I think the Braves are golden moving forward. Yeah. And Jim, we, we get lost in that a little bit just because, I mean, think about it. We've, we've seen problems with some players on the Yankees this year. And at the time you're like, yo, this is huge. They did so-and-so with the media, so-and-so with the media. By the next series, it honestly usually goes away unless something else happens to multiply. This was perfect. They come out, they sweep, um, they won the game that Acuna got benched in, and yeah, now it's now it's just like oh, it happened. Let's move forward. And I think it is funny you mentioned New York there. I think the bigger thing is like how respected the the manager and the players are because if if that goes sourly, Snicker could have got killed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they all handled it really well, so that's good for them. Good for them. Let's move on to the AL, Jake. I got to hear what happened. I know a little bit. I don't know a lot. And guess what? We got more people that want to be involved in what we're doing here. And the AL report is brought to you by Vincero Watches. You a watch guy? You like being able to tell Dude, the time? I um I had this exciting moment the other day. I'll bring down the curtain a little bit. Um, You know, things are going pretty well, and some companies are reaching out to us to get involved, and it's really cool. And, dude, I had the light bulb go off, and I was like, yo, watch company would be pretty big for me. I like watches, but I never, like, go out of my way to get my watch game going. Yeah, well, here you go, because the American League Report, which you're bringing to us, is sponsored by Vincero Watches. And uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. They say life happens, and it's easy to forget what's important. Vincero crafts their products to be the spark 
that reminds people to go after what they want in life. What do you want in life, Jake? A watch? We got it. Um, I, I need that watch. I don't want it. I need to. <laughs> Yo, they're pretty nice watches. Uh, they're really nice. You can uh, check out Vincero and use our code for 15% off. Uh, I think they also have a landing page, vincero.com slash johnboy. Oh, vincerowatches.com slash johnboy. Use code johnboy, 15% off. Go get a watch, put it on your wrist, or you can dangle it from your thigh if you wanted to be cool. My grandpa was doing that, took a bullet in World War II. It hit the watch, saved his life, would have hit an artery. I have the bullet and the watch and the purple heart. Hell yeah. Okay. Well, that was a weird way to end that sponsorship, but... No, I've got a weirder way, Jim. Why have we decided that the the watch is a wrist thing? Why not a neck thing? Why not a calf thing? Why not a thigh thing? Like when you said hanging from your thigh, I thought you meant like wrapped around his thigh. I think we could change the game. From belt loop. I think it's just the easiest way to look at it. Like neck, that would be kind of hard. Jim, belt loop watch is the smartest thing I've ever heard a human say. Well, it's a thing. Pocket watch. Oh, no. I mean, like, where your belt buckle connects, it should be a watch. Oh, you just flip it up to look at it? Boom. It's fashion, fashionista. It's insane. We'll get in touch with Vincero. Go check him out, guys. If you, if, you, if you need a watch or you don't, do it. Jake, what happened in the American League? Please let me know. Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy in the American League. As you know, our New York Yankees went to their little house of horrors in Oakland, California. They get swept and abused by the Athletics. Zero hope in the whole series for the Yankees, uh, kind of the theme of my past couple days. The Tampa Bay Rays, they hosted your Seattle Marineras, and they get sauce, Jim, as the Mariners win the first two games of the three-game set. Tom Murphy hitting home runs like they're going out of style. That's a cool phrase. Let's kind of what's going on with the music here the red sox pull a talking baseball first jim they win a walk-off slash finish a game that was suspended with kansas city but they get beat in both their games in the actual series against the fighting fills toronto jim you mentioned the baby jays they went to los angeles and they actually won two games if they were eight innings but then they got walked off on so they get swept casually by the Dodgers the Baltimore Orioles hosted your Kansas City Royals am I in Royals country right now Royals win one game by a run and they lose games two and three because they only scored a run in each game so Jim in the central you know the Royals lost to the O's what else happened the Minnesota Twinkies hosted the White Sox and lose two out of three Jim the Twinkies to the White Sox including getting shut up by Lucas Giolito the girl from Giolito he's lovely the Cleveland Windians you talked about them they ran into the amazing Mets they get swept tough 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 times for some top teams in the east a lot of T-words the Detroit Tigers, T-Words, they lose three out of four to Houston, but they won the war, Jim, winning the baseball game with the worst odds in the past 15 years. Sports are the best. And in the West, you know Houston won yet lost to the Tigers. You know Oakland dominated the Yankees, and Seattle won a series in Tampa. The final series in the AL, the Texas Rangers. I think I might be in Rangers company. They win three out of four versus the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, including, Jim, you'll like this, a pair of eight to seven walk-off victories on the bookend games of the series. Wowzer. Wowzer. 
lot of stuff going on, Jake. Lot what, of- what jumped out to you, Jim? What do you like? Uh, I'm going to be rude. What jumped out to me is how many like series I straight up don't care about that happened in the AL. Wow. The- Shots fired to the AL. <laughs> the AL is way more exciting. The NL is way more exciting. I mean, come on. Baltimore versus the Royals? What about it? Detroit? Man, as this winds down, the the AL just kind of blows. A couple blah series. Maybe we'll talk about the good ones. <laughs> so so what's, what, what really sucks is that the Minnesota Twins couldn't take advantage of the Mets sweeping the Indians. I mean, they get one game because they, they won one game and the, Twin, and the Indians won zero games. But Twins could have done done some big things right there. And like we've said, these teams still have games against each other, so it's going to come down to the results of them. But this would have been a good way for the Twins to get a leg up before these games start. And uh, good job by the White Sox. And uh, Giolito, we'll be talking about him later. Uh, so that's a bummer if you're a Twins fan. Could have could have really put a, yeah. put a gap there. The biggest thing the Twins have had going for them is they do have, I think, the easiest schedule the rest of the way. White Sox are a part of that. And uh, you did miss an opportunity, although you can't blame them against Giolito right now, like you were saying. Yeah, no, it was really good. Uh, the other thing that jumps out to me is that uh, that weird Red Sox set. Um, that's just weird, man. I, I would do a breakdown about it, but it was 13 minutes long. And did you see, did you see, so if anyone doesn't know, it got, got postponed. <laughs> the breakdown was just the game. <laughs> it got postponed, uh, and it was tied in the 11th. Red Sox get some outs real quick, and then they come up, and it was double intentional walk, double by Brock Holt. And Brock Holt, to celebrate the walk-off, like I was like, are they really going to celebrate this walk-off? Because um, it's, like, can you even muster up that energy to celebrate this as a walk-off when it's so weird. And they kind of did, but Brock Holt ran and slid at home plate in like a weird way. I don't know. Did you see that visual? It's weird. It was funny. We were, we were talking to one of our buddies that's a Red Sox fan, and he, he this, these are his words, not ours. <laughs> Brock Holt said it was the most energy he's felt all year, and our buddy who's a Red Sox fan was like, I kind of took offense to that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was general admission. Anyone can go in, but interesting. But uh, the other thing is the Mariners taking two from the Rays. The Rays have been really hot lately um, with the Yankees getting swept. I'm I'm thankful to the Mariners. Jimmy, I mean, this is kind of what I was alluding to a little bit. Yanks and Rays, uh, they have a bad time. Cleveland and Minnesota, they have a bad time. Uh, Oakland, I mean, they're the big winners in all of this, kind of. But, I mean, and Houston did really well, too. But it was against Detroit. And the one game they lost was one of the highlights of baseball this year. So, uh, t- tough time to be a top team in the in the AL. Yeah, where in the NL, a lot of the top teams won. So, interesting. Yeah, that's good. That's a good call. I don't, I'm not, I, don't Thanks, feel that, I don't feel that bad about the Yankees getting swept anymore. You should tweet it out. Make the people happy. The uh, the Yankees suck in Oakland. Not to say Oakland's not a good baseball team right now playing really well. I've been singing their praises for a while. But the Yankees' record when they go to Oakland in the last three three seasons is now 1-9. And, and I think over the last 10, it's like terrible as well. So 
that's not fun for Yankees fans who have the Dodgers coming up. That should be a fun. That'll be a fun matchup. Two best records in baseball hanging out for players weekend. Do you, do you think the Yankees, because, uh, Jim, you, you, you were on this to a degree because, I mean, I, the A's and the Yankees, those are teams that could see each other in the playoffs. The A's, like you mentioned, the Coliseum is always rocking when the Yankees come to town. These are big games for Oakland as they fight for the wild card. Uh, you were saying that the A's and Yankees series was going to be more intense, which I, I think you're all over and right on. Um, I, do you think because the Yankees did get swept, do you think they're going to try to turn the knob up against the Dodgers? Do you think they even can just because it's a West Coast swing or, or what? No, I don't think I, I don't think these Yankees Dodgers games are going to be intense at all. Uh, yes, Network was talking about how they're going to have like a guest every inning. That's some spring training shit. Uh, it's going to be players weekend. Both teams are going to be wearing black. So from a fan's perspective, I think this is going to be like a giant exhibition and, and it's going to be so overhyped. Maybe the games are good, uh, but I don't think either team is going to be pulling out all the stops. This is a must win. Um, I think health and rest are still more important for both teams. Yeah. Yeah. I'm interested. The, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny you mention a person in the booth every inning. That's kind of our nightmare, just being a part of every game. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it's uh, – it, 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 I, I want to see it happen. I, I hope we get some good baseball. I mean, the Yankees, uh, as, as Yankees fans, we will admit, um, it would be nice to have some hope because um, that Oakland series, there was basically no hope for the Yankees throughout. Um, they, they got destroyed, so – um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's good baseball. There are some great pitching matchups. I mean, Herman, Herman versus Kershaw on Sunday. Uh, if that's a rubber match, that could be a lot of fun. And, uh, I don't know where, you know, knock on wood, the Yanks need it bad, but, uh, what's, I think today is Paxton Ryu, which, yeah. which I mean, that's, that, that can be some awesome Southpaw baseball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Hayden in the chat saying world series preview and so did Andrew. And I think a lot of people are going to say that and it's, I, I just don't think it's going to be played like the World Series. I think, it's, I think if you had to put World Series and spring training on the scale of how each team attacks this, I think I'd lean spring training. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think these games still matter. And, and you know, once, I don't. Once I, I, so, so that's the, I don't think they matter like at yeah. all. Um, and Jim, I think it's funny. You said, you know, a lot of people would say this is a world series preview. A lot of people accept a lot of Yankee fans. Cause all the Yankee fans are out on this first place Yankees team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yankee fans do not like this Yankees team that has the second best record in baseball and the best record in the AL. So that's that. Anything else, anything else we got to do before we move on? Um, let me do a quick scroll. My, uh, my my young baby friend left. That was a that was classic. It was prototypical. Dad had to watch the kid for a little bit and just brought him to McDanks and was like, "I'm gonna corner him in a booth with like the kitty TV screen." And the kid was the perfect age that he can't talk, but he knows how to make a noise, so he just squeaks every periodically every 15 seconds. So, hey, I have I'm, a question I'm, for you. Please. What did the Angels do? The Angels played Texas. Um, and Texas won three out of four. Um, and I mentioned Jim, you, so a, this series had some emotion around it because this was the first time the angels returned to Texas, um, since the Tyler Skaggs passing. 
Um, so there's there's some emotions around that um, on the baseball field, Jim. This was what I was telling you at the end of the at the end of the wrap there. Uh, the first game and the last game were both eight seven walk off wins for Texas. Oh, a lot of walk offs this week then. Dodgers walk-off. had two. Walk-off. Texas had two. Braves had one. Uh, Mets had one. A lot of walk-offs. Walk-off watch. All right. We're moving on. Moving on up to... Do I have a sound effect for this? I think I just did this last time. Well, let's do this one. Jake, what's your standout performance on the week? Standout performance. Well, Jim, you go first. So what's your standout performance? Ooh, my standout performance is a friend, Tim Melville. Ever heard of him? Oh, my God. I mean, you know, it's Trout, Melville, Kershaw. I mean, they're the players that we're going to remember. Tim Melville, been bouncing around the minors. He was a fourth-round pick in 2008. Uh, He's been up in the majors before, 2016, 2017. He hadn't been up in two years. Uh, They needed, uh, the Colorado Rockies needed an emergency starter, Jake. In Arizona, they needed an emergency starter. Tim Melville gets the call. He comes up to face Arizona. He goes seven innings pitched, two hits, one earned run, two hits, one earned run. He had two RBIs as well. He had a base knock and then a sack bunt for RBI. I mean, just emergency starter gets called up. Um, You never know. You may think your time's up. So there's one reason. There's a fun story about how in his off season he doesn't like he goes like I don't want to go golf in the off season. So he just started working for a barbecue shop, like doing like kind of grunt work and like everything to help set up a bar in Arizona. So right next to the stadium. So a lot of his uh, coworkers at the barbecue shop came to watch him pitch. Just put on a hell of a performance. Now Tim Melville is a friend of the program. You know what he did to celebrate. This great performance, Jake? Got to get some barbecue, no? He went to shop.johnboymedia.com and bought himself an I Love Baseball shirt in Rockies colors. He follows me. He's a a friend of the program. Yeah. So, Timmy Melville, standout performance on the field and on our website. (laughs) Yeah, how about that? Tim? We support Tim Melville. He supports us. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, and that's a uh, that's funny. I uh, Jim, I I volunteered at the Denver Barbecue Festival last year, and yeah, as, unless you're the king of the barbecue pit, everything else is grunt work. <laughs> there's there's not there's not really a middle area uh, except Mama June, who was working for one of the Kansas City barbecue crews. Uh, Mama June got to do whatever she wanted, but yeah, I mean T- Tim Melville, man. Um, I, I mean it's awesome. It's baseball, and I I. As I already said, the barbecue part of it's so fun because I'm picturing, I'm picturing all the other people that worked there, that were like, "Oh yeah, dude, you're you're a baseball player. You just work at a barbecue place in the off season, okay, Tim?" And then he goes out and he has a great game, and it's like, "Oh wait, the Tim, the barbecue dude." Yeah, oh. good for him, huh? Fan of, his. Fan of us. I mean, it and, and it's it's a really good outing. Seven innings pitched, two hits. 
Yeah, Jim, and I do, I do, I was, I was looking for a cool phrase for it, and maybe one of our listeners will tweet at you at John Boy or me at Talking Jake, and tell us, because uh, Jim, this, this is a point in the NL piggy bank. Um, you know, the it's gonna be Universal DH one day, but it is a little more fun that Tim Melville had this start and he did get a hit in some ribbies, and uh. You know, there, I think there's going to be a day soon where that doesn't happen and we'll have a couple people complain about it because um, it doesn't make a better product. But in this moment, it's it makes it a little more fun. Yeah. Yep. We're going to have to make a trip to his barbecue place. You like food, right? Oh, t- twist my arm. Um, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I'll be in Lake Ufala forever. But, um, yeah, I, I can make a trip to the barbecue place. <laughs> Who is your standout performance? Jim or my standout performance. He was a guy that got mentioned in the AL report. Uh, the girl from Ipanema, the guy named Giolito, Lucas Giolito, nine innings pitched for your Chicago White Sox. Nine innings pitched, zero earned earn runs, 12 Ks, Jim. And so, A, he's been really good lately, and B, that's a really great start. But if you don't know, I mean, the, the story here is is so good. And, I mean, it's baseball in a nutshell. This guy led the league in earned runs allowed in walks in 2018. I mean, he basically looked like a huge bust. He was a, he's a big-time pitching prospect uh, from the Nationals to the White Sox. He got destroyed. He was terrible. And, Jim, this year he's been great. He made the all-star team. He's now 14 and 6 with a 3-2 ERA. His K per 9 has basically doubled. Uh that's good. Uh you know, all pitching coaches should teach their guys to do that, I guess. Uh and Jim in his last 5 starts, I mean, he's he's basically in fuego too. 34 innings pitch, 2-1-2 ERA, 53 Ks in 34 innings, Jim. That's pretty insane. And Jim, I've got one more final note that I know you're a big fan of and a big believer in. Jim Giolito started to struggle. Um he had four bad starts in July after having a great start. Um, it was 21.2 innings, a 7.06 ERA, and it seemed like prototypical, okay, the lead catching up, we're getting eyes on this guy a second time. You know, is this how it's, you know, no, oh, the book's out on Giolito. Now he's going to get knocked around. Uh, no, man, G- Giolito's been great. He's he's back at it, and uh I mean, good for the White Sox, who they're, uh, you know, they're they're starting to get on that 2020 hype train too. Most impressive thing is that it's in Minnesota, which is a wind factory. Nine innings pitched, three hits, and it's his third start with double-digit Ks in a row. I gave him, I put him on in Fuego last week because he had two in a row, 13 and 11. He split the difference, got 12 Ks this time. He's got a two-one-two. ERA in his last five games started. He's allowed eight earned runs and 34 innings pitched. He's on a hell of a stretch right now. So, yeah, good pick. I mean, in Minnesota, to do that, it's pretty wild. The Indians say thank you. You there? Uh-oh, might be huge delay thank time you, again. The Indians. Okay, hopefully we don't get into Delayville, but we will see. Here we go. Let's move on, Jake, to... Slump-wise. 
putting me out of a job. Yep. Slump Watch. First, we got to update you with the people that are on Slump Watch, see how they did. Max Kepler got put on Slump Watch, I think, two series ago. He played two games, Jake. He went two for nine. He had two hits in the first game, zero hits in the second game, but his two hits were double and a home run. So I'm taking him off. What are you doing? Yeah, I I feel like he was fringy last week, and he's had two fringies. I guess hey, we talked about different ways to get off slump watch. A double fringy. A double fringy. Josh Hader did not pitch, so he's still on. Now we have Jordan Alvarez. You put him on. So he only went two for 11 in this set, but he had five walks. So he had a 438 on base percentage, so he's off. And yeah, I thought I thought Jordan was off last week. I, I thought he I thought he got it going, but well, maybe. Cole Hamels, six innings pitched, five hits, three earned runs, got the win versus the Giants. Is that good enough for you? Quality start, man. He's off. No claps though. No claps, Cole. Okay. Uh, Carlos Correa. He was here. He was having a brutal, brutal stretch. Turns out he's injured. He uh, goes on the IL with lower back issues, but the MRI showed no structural damage. He only played two innings, so uh, that's one way to get off Slump Watch, right? One of the best ways to get off Slump Watch, the old injured move. Another Astro. Did you put all the Astros on the other week? Well, I'll two. I think think they were on a little bit ago. There, There was a couple Astros that were in a tough spot. Four for 13 with three walks, so I'm taking Altuve off. Clear. And Austin Meadows, the Rays, he went four for 13 with two doubles, a home run, and four RBIs this series. Everyone's getting off. Josh Hader's the only one left on. Tough, man, and he he didn't pitch. Hey, Josh Hader, that's not how you get off, man. Fake an injury at least. Yep. All right. Well, here are the new additions we have. Chels Chesler Cuthbert from your Kansas City Royals, Jake. From from the country club? Yeah. Uh, I think he's from Venezuela. The Venezuelan Country Club. Maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, he had a great start to the season. Nicaragua. He's from Nicaragua. Not Venezuela. My apologies. Jake, he's been so brutal. I mean, he had a really good start to the year. At one point, he was hitting 310. On June 28th, he was hitting 310. Uh, he lingered in the 280s forever. He's down to 253 because he has gone 0 for his last 37 plate appearances. Is he sneaking up on Chris Davis? I have no idea. O for his last 37 plate appearances with one walk mixed in. So if you're that pitcher, go feel bad for yourself that you walked Chesler Cutberth in the middle of this stretch. Man, that's that's brutal, Jim. I know you, you said the stats there, but, I mean, Chelser, Chelser Cuthbert is sitting there in June saying, like, 310, I'm going to have a great year. And now it's like, oh, am I a major leaguer? Baseball crazy it's brutal he's definitely on slump watch um let's see chris davis started the started the season uh with zero hits in his first 38 plate appearances 
Right, but he he was a part of. I think part of it was from last year yeah, too. Yeah, rolled I over like fifty three or something like that. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're right. So well, he's he is on slump watch. Now we have some other ones he's approaching that, which I, is nuts. This might be a whopper plopper in name, but uh, Puig, the Indians got swept. Good pitching. The Mets have good pitching, but Puig goes zero for twelve in the three games. He had been super hot since the trade. This is his first like rough stretch of a couple games in a row. He, I think he has zero hits in his last four games, actually. So Puig's on slump watch. I think he'll get off, but not a good outing by him. He was. I know something you liked about Puig was that the Cleveland just penciled him into their cleanup spot and basically said, "Go get it." Yeah. Um, and he's been killing it, which is huge. And then uh, you run in, you run into that Mets pitching, babe. Yeah. I also have Brad. I also have G Man Choi on here. Your guy. I like G-Man, but he's 0 for his last 15. Uh, he had no hits this series. He did have three walks, but no hits. He had the walk-off, I think, to end the series before, and he comes off that and goes 0 for 15. Not good, G-Man. Get off this. Get off this. We're rooting for you. We're all rooting yeah. for you. We're all rooting for you, G-Man. Uh, yeah, and they had that nice walk-off celebration. Come on, G-Man. Uh, Jim, the, the guy I threw up on here, I, I feel like it's it's tough to throw the pitchers on here sometimes. Um, I'm going Jose Barrios. Uh, he uh, he has one decent start mixed in there, but he, he couldn't get out of the fourth inning last time. And, Jim, this is more so a penalty out of how good of a year he's having. I mean, Jose Barrios for the Twins is a 3-3-7 ERA. Um, but in his last three starts, uh, the Braves, Cleveland, and at Texas. So two really good teams and a tough stadium, but, I mean, that's what you're going to see in the playoffs. Uh, so an 8-4-4 ERA over those last three. So I, I threw uh, threw Jose Barrios on there. I'm sorry. It's nice. I like the goatee, but. Sorry about it, Jose. And then we have an addition from the chat. I didn't have him on here, but Hayden Cart says he's got to be on here. Brad Hand. And I looked it up, and Brad Hand's going hater on us jake his last four outings he has seven earned runs he has a earned run in his last four outings three blown games they picked him up twice with the blown win blown win back to back that was nice of his teammates but uh yeah he hasn't been good man wow and that's that's crazy jim and i when we saw him in cleveland and we saw him after but when he's right, he can give any left-handed pitcher in this league a run for their money. He uh, he can be just wipeout. Yeah. Well, not wipeout right now. Getting no, wiped out. He's, it, instead of wiping people out, it's like he's getting wiped out, dude. Back to you. Wow. Okay, next. Dirt nasties on fuego. That means I'm on fire, baby. Like Waco. In fuego. Yo. Tom Murphy, you mentioned him. Is hitting home runs like they're going out of style. We did uh, the Mariners for Elevator Watch, and you said, you know, the Mariners have good backstops. Tom Murphy numbers are exciting. He is the catcher for the Mariners. He had three home runs this week. He only played two games because he's a catcher day and night. So two games. He has three home runs in the two games. He had a he has a hit in every game played this August. It's eight games. He's played eight games in August. He has a hit in every single game, and he's slashing 433 batting average, 469 on base percentage, 1.602 slugging. Tom Murphy is on fire 
for Seattle. And I don't think anyone knows his name, to be honest. You're muted. Jim, yeah. Tom Murphy. I was going to give him a standout performance. Um, but it's it's he almost more deserves and Fuego over the standout performance for his two home run game in Tampa. Jim, he's got a home run in his last four games, including two two home run games. His last four games, he's got six homers. Uh, the dude's going nuts right now. And Jim, you know how we just complimented uh, your guy of the week, Timmy Mills? Um, Jim, the National League, Tom Murphy basically got traded from the Rockies because he was another guy who they couldn't find at bats for him. And now he's in the Mariners. They found a spot for him. And Jim, if you're the Mariners and, and you're if this was talking Mariners and you're eyeing next season, him and Narvaez, you feel good behind the plate. Narvaez has an OPS in the eights. Um, you, you might have a, a nice powerful catching platoon forming here. So good for Tom Murphy. But yeah, when I when I talked to our friends at the BSN Rockies podcast, they he like he started grinding his teeth when Tom Murphy got mentioned. Like that one. That one almost hurt them more than Mike Talkman just because he was a catcher and he just never really got the opportunity. Damn. Sorry about yeah. it, Rockies. Stop trading away, guys. Give them opportunities. Get the DH in the National League. Yeah, it would really help out. Anthony Rizzo had a good three games versus San Francisco. Uh, six for 10 with a walk, two homers, four RBIs, six runs scored. I was like looking at that. So the Giants scored 18 runs right, in uh, San Francisco or against San Francisco. Rizzo had four RBIs and six runs scored, so he was a part of 10 of the 18 runs scored this series. Uh, pretty good. Pretty good little weekend or week for Rizzo. Yeah, Jim, and I think it's funny. We we Well, you, you brought it to my attention, but it came up when we were looking at the – the leaders in runs by decade because Kinsler got passed by Trout. Um, the leaders in runs by decade are just like the best of the best. And I, I think there's something to that. I mean, it sounds pretty dumb. The more runs you score, that's better for your team. But I don't know. Normally people look at home runs or RBIs or batting average. Runs, <laughs> hot take, hot take only coming from the McDanks and Ufala. Runs are important. They are. You need them to win. Truly uh, do. Yeah. Uh, Corey Seager, three games versus the Baby Jays. He went six for 12. He had four doubles, uh, four RBIs, but in game three, big hit. Big hit to tie the game in the bottom ninth. Two runners on, slices one down the line, or actually pulls one down the line uh, for the uh, two RBI game-tying hit to cap off a good series by Corey Seager. So I got him on here. And the next one I have on here is fun, Jake. Adani Echeverria, he was on Slump Watch. Remember that? How could I forget? He, he took himself off in, in one of the more unorthodox ways. He got released. <laughs> he got DFA'd by the Mets. He was 0 for 19 in his last six games as a Met. The Braves pick him up and play him. And in his first six games as a Brave, he has a 389 batting average with a 500 on base percentage. And not only did he hit a homer this week, he bat flipped the hell out of it like it was something he does a lot. This dude couldn't get a base hit. Now he's bat flipping homers. Um, they got some games against the Mets coming up. If he does damage and panic is bad, Braves, the Mets are going to be like, what the fuck? 
And we've, we've said this previously. I mean, Adani Echeverria, if you want to see one of the most talented defensive infielders in the league, third base, shortstop, second base, I, I've seen him all over, and he's just amazing. He can he can field it, and he can throw it wherever on the infield. And, Jim, I, I think it's so funny because the, the Braves picked him up, and I saw a couple people, I saw a couple blue checkmark people that were being like, again, like, don't expect too much out of this. You know, they they're just they just want a body to throw in the field. And it's like, well, you know what? It's baseball. You run into a couple balls, and you can look incredible for a week. Yeah, that's true. That is true. Uh, who do you got on here? You put some guys on here. I drew a couple guys on here, a couple two tree, Jim. Um, how about your current AL batting leader, Michael Brantley, Jim? We, we've kind of been dancing around him. He's been super hot, um, but his series have kind of – they haven't – it hasn't been one series. Because you know why, Jim, it hasn't been one series? Currently, it's the past 15 games. He's on a 15-game hitting streak right now, and he's hitting 476 in that hitting streak with a one-dot. 284 OPS. Uh, and again, I, I thought it was important to bring him up. He currently jumped into the leader for the AL batting title. By the way, the two of the guys you'll see at the top of that chart, Michael Brantley and DJ LeMahieu, were both free agents this offseason. Any team could have had them for basically $12 million a year. Um, and two guys that I think are I, – I, you've heard me compare them all season on Talking Yanks, Jim. Two guys whose hitting styles have been benefited by the high fastballs and everything that's – Gone, barrel it up and put it in play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in that deep, oh, what do you got on Brantley? Where are you at, Michael Brantley, Jim? Kind of over it. Like we keep talking about him and and not talking about DJ LeMahieu because we feel biased and they're doing the same thing. I feel like Michael Brantley's been on Infuego every week, so he's 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 wearing out his welcome on this show. To be honest. So I, I don't think he I don't think he ever officially like landed on Infuego. I think he kept dancing around Infuego. Like we kept mentioning him. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, oh Brantley was crazy good this week too. So he never actually landed. Now he's landed. Now we're done with Brantley. You're good. So is DJ LeMahieu. Suck our butts. Um, Jim, the other guy I threw on here, another guy spurning Yankee fans, it's Patrick Corbin. Uh his his last three starts, 20 innings pitch a 1.35 ERA. He's having an incredible year. If you want to read more about that, go check out Yankees Twitter. <laughs> someone said like someone tweeted us like Patrick Corbin and Hap, who they were never they were never it wasn't like that was never the decision the Yankees were making between the two of them, but that they've pitched on the same exact day 15 times. That's crazy. That blew me away. Yeah. That's definitely been a weird amount of salt in the wound. Um, and it, it just sucks, man, because I no offense to Patrick Corbin. He's on in Fuego. But I think his last year of his deal in 2025 or whenever it is, uh, 2024, he's making like $35 million. And I don't know. We've seen a lot of those contracts not work out in baseball. But, you know, you can't, you can't use that argument. It's live in the moment. Hap was bad. Corbin, good. Corbin is good, though. He's been pitching real well. He is he is good. He's found that slider. Um Jim, I've I've got a really fun one. Um a, a little time machine. How about Jeff Samarja, the shark, Notre Dame, wide receiver. Football season's coming. Jim, he was written off. We saw his name a couple times this offseason because he was gonna be like a salary dump. 
because uh, he was terrible last year. He had a 6-2-5 ERA. It was an abbreviated season. I think he only threw like 40-some innings, and then he got hurt. But he he had lost his luster from the Jeff Samarja that was kind of a, a fun, good pitcher. And, you know, we haven't been talking about our Giants much since their magical run, but in his last six starts, 36.1 inning pitch, a 1-4-9 ERA. And he's having a great year now. That, that little stretch has brought him to 26 26- 26 games started with a 3-4-4 ERA. So uh, the Shark, man, my uh, my guy, football's coming. Football is coming. Who is his quarterback, Brady Quinn? Uh, he was one of them. Was it Quinn or was it uh, – who, who was the blonde guy, Matt? Cla- Jimmy Clausen. Clausen was around. I think it was Brady Quinn and Samarja, but I Could don't know. Could have been Brady, yeah. Uh, ne- Samarja, if, if you're just a baseball fan or you – you're a younger person that didn't see Jeff Samarja play in college football. Google some highlights. Jeff Samarja was dirty. He was. He was. Uh, next segment. Who did the Orioles get hot? And this is a really fun one, Jake, because Alex, Alex Gordon avoided slump watch somehow for a while. In the 16 games before this series versus the Baltimore Orioles, he was hitting... 081 with a 162 on base percentage. Alex Gordon was cold as ice. He was slump watch premier in the three games versus the Orioles. A 417 batting average with an 833 OPS. Who did the Orioles get hot? They got Alex Gordon hot. Slump watch premier. I like that a lot, Jim. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, okay, Jake. Next up, where's my scream? <laughs> Who got mad? Where's my scream? Who got mad? You know who got mad? Uh, Snitker got mad because the, the Marlins hit Acuna again, third time hitting him to lead off the game. Uh, the the he owns Miami. He owns the pitcher, uh, and I don't know if it's on purpose. I. I I would. I don't know if it's on purpose, but I would bet the Marlins are like, let's throw inside if it hits some shrug. So that's kind of the bullshit. Um, but Snitker got mad because the umps warned both sides right away. He's like, well, if you're warning him, you're admitting that you think it might have been intentional. So just throw him out, and you can't warn us for getting hit. Now we got to play the whole game in fear of pitching inside because you gave out warnings. And if we hit someone with a fastball, you could throw them out of the game. So, like, it's bullshit. And I agree with Snicker. It is bullshit. Jim, do we need to get rid of warnings? Like, what end of the day, what really is that? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They, I think they have like, to. It, it, has, it has to say in the rule book, if you intentionally throw at a hitter, you need to be out of the game. So, like you just said, if, if a warning's being issued, that means you think there was intent. Like, I, I don't know. Like, what what is – think about how ridiculous that is at the end of the day when we talk about rule books and, you know, it, when you go across the sports, what the rule is, the rule is the rule. Ah, the umpire gets to decide if there's a warning out there. What is that? Yeah, there's that old – the video from last year with the ass in the jackpot ump where Neil Walker's like, shouldn't there have been warnings? So, you know, and they're like, we did before the game. And that kind of makes sense. Like, hey, listen, I know that you guys have been, you know, doing all this. Both teams from the jump before anything even happens. Any fastball that, uh, you know, hits a guy, we're going to have to really look at it and think and and something like that. But when one team hits the player 
and then both teams get warmed. It's just not really that fair. Well, the warning almost gives incentive for you to throw first. <laughs> like, that's that's not good. Yeah, stupid. The other ejection was Miguel Cabrera and Ron Gardenhire for the Tigers. Gardenhire uh, lost his spot as most ejections by a manager this season. David Bell took it from him. So he gets his eighth. He's back on the leaderboard, tied with Bell. We'll see how that finishes out. And Miguel Cabrera has the most ejections of any player. This is his fourth ejection on the season. So Detroit's just ejection city. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, the ump told him to speed up in between pitches, get in the box. And then they didn't tell Jordan Alvarez on the other side to do it. So Miguel Cabrera was like, hey, why does he get not get to speed up? And the ump just threw him out right away. Yeah, I saw, I saw you had some good clips on that. A, the, the clip of Miguel Cabrera looking to yell at the field and then catching himself for the video camera. That was <laughs> that was just really good. I don't, I don't even know what you label that as. Um, Jim, I, I, I didn't watch this. and Well, A, Garden Hire and Miguel Cabrera are just trying to get ejected so they don't have to watch the Tigers play. That's, that's a no-brainer. Um, but what at, at the end of that argument, like where did you land on everything? Did the ump have a quick trigger on Miggy Cabs? Was yeah. did Miggy Cabs point or what? The ump said he warned Cabrera three times, but in that incident, I didn't see any. Um, dude, it's like another thing where uh, I don't know what Cabrera yelled, but it couldn't have been anything. It was like real quick ejection. I don't know. I'm. I don't know if I'm more tuned in. And if people are more tuned in because I'm making videos, but it just seems like ejections are rampant for, for like very quick. The whole umpire thing. And it's, it sucks, Jim. I just think about how much it sucks. Cause I, even before I started talking right now, I was just about to say the phrase like, well, I don't even want to talk about this because talking about the ump sucks. So that that's it. But like something has to change, but no one has the perfect solution. So it doesn't. Yeah. Yep, yep, it's a bummer. All right, uh, next segment. Bring. I gotta get a phone. I gotta phone. Bring, bring. Yeah, call up watch. We skipped this last week, but I want to let you know because there's some fun ones. This dude almost got my standout performance, Jake. Nick Solak. Nick Solak gets called up. Now this guy's been traded twice, which I always like to say. If two teams pass on you, there's a reason. He gets traded from the Yankees to the Rays, part of a three-team deal for uh brandon drury in 2018 and then the rays traded him to the rangers so he makes his debut for the rangers in a double header plays both games in the first game no hits i believe over three but in the second game he hits a home run versus the angels and then later on he comes up in extra innings and slaps one to a hall of famer albert pools who olays it uh error but Leads to the walk-off, so he gets to be celebrated. They rip his shirt off. They do the Gatorade bath. I mean, that's a hell of a first day in the major leagues. Uh, you get your first home run, check. You get a walk-off celebration, check. Post-game interview on the field, check. Nick Solak had himself a debut day. It came on the second game, not the first, but it's all one day. Uh, wild ride. So good for Nick Solak, who made his debut for the Rangers. Yeah, Louisville guy, former second round pick, um, Nicholas Blake. He's playing second base. Good, good for you, uh, Nikki Solak. Um, Jim, I, I don't know how much you're looking to jump around. I mean, I'm I'm itching to talk about AJ Puck. Well, let's just go in order. Brock Burke is a third round pick for the Rays. 
He also made his debut in the for the Rangers. Um, six innings pitched, four hits, zero earned runs. And the most impressive thing for me, Jake, he got Mike Trout out three times in his debut. Talk about that for the rest of your life, huh? Oh, I mean, honest, no, honestly, though, and Pulos is in there who's a Hall of Famer. Um, uh, granted, not playing like a Hall of Famer currently, but he is. So, like, when you get to tell your kids about your Major League debut, you get to drop some huge names. Six innings pitched, four hits, zero in runs, and faced Trout three times and got him out all three times. That's, like, that's very fun trivia that Brock Burke gets to say. I can't say that can't can't oh this next dude uh eric yadley yardley i think i left out an r there eric yardley the reason i put him in because there's a lot of debuts this week and they're gonna be a lot moving forward but i didn't want to put all of them in here so just the ones i found interesting eric yardley was undrafted out of college he went and played indie ball in the picos league which is very very low-level indie ball uh i've seen some like videos on it and it's you know it's it's like high school fields not even like stadiums or anything um so for him to go undrafted there and then to be called up and make his major league debut is a wild tale in itself he didn't fare too well uh first batter got on via error then a bunt uh, sacrifice, then a single, a walk, a single, and he got pulled. So not a great outing, but the journey in itself is amazing. So good job by Eric Yardley. He played with Dan Zlotnick in the Picos League, Jake. That's pretty wild. And Jim, know what? Uh, uh, it's it's you're dancing all around it, but I think the thing I want to say is he's playing Major League Baseball. <laughs> like, I don't even care about his debut. He went Picos League to Major League Baseball. Like that's incredible man yeah. all right talk about your guy aj puck aj puck is my dude jimmy um you know i play my loser baseball game out, outside of the, outside of the park baseball um aj puck is a big time pitching prospect big lefty um plus plus fastball slider i i know that that gets thrown out a lot with a lot of people but i mean there's been some like randy johnson comparisons he's a big lefty uh, the fastball can hit triple digits. The slider is one of those, what not even three-quarter arm slot, a little lower, but not sidearm sliders that just is wipe out. Lefties can't touch it. He made his debut for Oakland, and he actually got knocked around a little bit by the Yankees. Jim, what was huge for me was, uh, again, this is a name I've seen in baseball for a few years now. He's a big-time pitching prospect. Jim, it was my first time seeing him, and he has a look. Um, it's kind of like redhead elf dwarf come to life. Um, it's kind of it's kind of scary. It's kind of intimidating. It's it's a lot going on with the Oakland green and his red hair. It's a uh, whoa, mama. I don't see the elf dwarf. He he looks like sunshine from Remember the Titans before he had to cut his hair, uh, but redhead. Oh, I think that's a super compliment to what he's putting out there. He he was looking like a Lord of the Rings character to me. Oh, I thought he looked good. I thought he was like a pretty boy. Oh my. Yeah, I'm I'm shocked you're going elf. Uh, he was tall, pretty boy, in my opinion. Oh, the elves in Lord of the Rings are tall. I know you're not a Lord of the Rings guy, but yeah, yeah. Um, just like hair too pretty to be on a man, like very straight, very well nourished. I have no idea your take 
face and hair anymore. You got to find a middle ground between that hair and Clevenger's hair. And that's like good man long hair. Oh, I like DeGrom's wow. hair. All right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not a hair expert. I, I thought you were going to for sure dislike Puck's hair, but yeah, it's a, I, I guess it, it is long. It is flowing. It, it sits on the shoulders. No, um, and that, that beard, the beard smile, there's, there's a good picture of him from his Florida Gators day. And he, he does look like, he looks like a baby they'd say, but, um, he made his debut and his, his stuff was there. He's, he's only going to work out of the bullpen this year um, because he's coming off Tommy John, I believe, or UCL or one of them. Um, but I'm excited. Um, I'm, when he is a starting pitcher next year for Oakland, I mean, he's supposed to be the future. So it was cool, it was cool to see his debut. Yeah, no, he looks like um, he looks like he's from Lords of Dogtown. Like He looks like an L.A. pretty boy. What's that one character from Lords of Dogtown with the long blonde hair? forget his name but that's what he looks like go go uh go go look at aj puck tweeted us you, you feeling lords of dogtown or lords of the ring it's one of the lords i've never seen lord of the Rings, so i don't know what that looks like I'm trying to find this dude I want you to see him because i think it's i think it's pretty spot on lords of dogtown yeah I've seen lords Dogtown. yeah the the blonde haired kid who's like the timid one that's the hair he has can't think of his name. It's a real guy in real life. Anyway, uh, the other debut was Jake Fraley, second round pick by the Rays, traded to Seattle. Um, he made he's a position player. I think he's a center fielder or an outfielder. Uh, he went 0 for three with the hit by pitch, but uh, second round pick. So I put him in here. That's your debut. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And missed a couple a couple guys. We can't dive into all of them. Logan Webb, Joel Cunel, Gullible. Uh, Taylor Gullible, Hunter Harvey. Hey guys, congrats on playing Major League Baseball. You you live what we talk about every day. So, have an award this week, Jim. Do you even have one? I do have an award. It's the Bonehead Award. Wow. And it's the Bonerhead Award, actually. Oh, say that one more time for the kids in the back. It's the Bonerhead Award. Jeff Passan, it goes to any baseball player that's buying gas station boner pills. I mean, this this might be the biggest fight we've ever had. <laughs> Jeff Passan tweeted out that, like, this is a problem where a lot of MLB players are buying those boner pills from gas stations and they're popping on PED checks. And uh, I don't know if this is an excuse. Like, if this is like, oh, you popped a PED test, and they're like, oh, it must be those gas station pills. I'm not allowed to have those. Like, joke, like faking, trying to get out of it. Or we have some players that actually take those, which I think is wild. I'm shocked we never did. I mean, that's that's where, like, even when you and I were in college and we did some dumb, dumb shit just to see what happens we never even thought, like, let's try those because they're not real. I mean, we thought, I mean, well, okay, no, yeah, we never even thought. But, yeah, it's, um, it, it truly is unbelievable, Jim, that, and I, I forget if it was the comments or Passan or someone else commenting on it, but it's like, yeah, okay, you're a professional athlete. You, you know, you have a diet and, you know, everything that comes in and out of your body you care about so much. But it's like, oh, yeah, let me throw down one of these boner pills. Yeah. Uh, no man <laughs> no you're i i'll be honest i 
I mean, there might be one or two dummies out there, but it feels like there's a performance enhancing drug that like this is the excuse. And I'm, I'm guessing a couple guys have just done that. They'd, they'd rather say they've taken boner pills than say they've taken performance enhancing drugs. Yeah, which they are one and the same. No, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I took the boner pills too. I took I took those oh. too. It wasn't. Wait, did he say he got people don't care that he did that because he said the boner pills thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I had I had so many of those. That was also me. That was also mark me down for the boner pills thing, not performance enhancing drugs. You didn't even test positive, man. Yeah, just write me down for just, it. I'm in that club. Please put my name on the list. I'm trying to build up, a, you know, kind of I'm trying to grow here. My star as a player. And I really think that would help. And my penis. That's why I took the boner pills. And, oh, oh, what's your award, Jake? Jim, I think it's funny you said bonehead at first because the, the first thing I'm thinking of is getting knocked on the head and saying, hello, McFly, because, um, Jimmy, I am giving out the George McFly Award. Wow. Uh, Marty McFly's dad. Yeah. Okay, who go, who's it go to? And it is going to Nick Castellanos, Jim. Wow. Um, here's another guy that could have easily been on Enfuego. Jim, the whole reason it ties into Marty McFly, and I, I don't want to spoil Back to the Future, but, you know, it's about, you know, Marty McFly is trying to set up his dad and he's trying to hype up his dad to go for it. And, you know, you, you got to go win her and go get her. You know, that's, that's, that's mom. my mom. If, if, you don't, if you don't get her, then I'm going to evaporate, you know. Back to the future. Yeah. Anyways, um, Jim, the Cubs went out and got someone. And you and I, you know, this deadline came and went. And there were a couple. There was also not a lot of trades that could have been made. Jim, the Cubs went out and they took a chance on Nick Castellanos. And he has been dirty for them, man. Um, I mean, since joining the Cubbies, He's hitting almost 400. He has eight homers in 20 games. Um, he he has been awesome for the Cubs. I know some some people were tweeting at us to put him on in Fuego. Um, he's basically could have been on Fuego since the trade deadline. And, Jim, I want to use this as an opportunity to, to set you and me in motion to start our mini during the week episodes of the trade deadline acquisitions and sister cities and et cetera. Because um, Castellanos, man, I mean, talk – you know, I, I don't think the Cubs gave up really too much for him in the in the way of prospects. And now he's in the heart of the lineup of the team leading the NL Central who's going to have a chance to make a playoff run. Um, and it's all because they went out and took a chance on him. And, dude, I, I, I joked about it before about Garden Hire and Miggy Cabs trying to get ejected from games. But the Tigers have been awful and miserable. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm giving it to Castellanos, um, the George McFly Award. And what an honor for him to win that. She must be so proud. All right, last segment of the day, elevator talk, 30 teams on the board. We're going to talk about one of them. So in the off chance you get stuck in an elevator with someone from this, a fan of this team, you will have some fodder. Jake, I'm spinning the wheel. Are you ready? You still there? Might have lost Jake. That's not good. I will spin the wheel. And we are landing on 
The Atlanta Braves, you guys know too much about the Atlanta Braves. Jake won't stop talking about them. Chicago White Sox, I feel like we did them a little bit, but the wheel is random. Uh, I don't think I have Jake anymore. The the McDonald's may have lost service. I, I lost your audio there. I got you back now. We are doing the White Sox, Jake. Welcome back to the show. The White Sox. Giolito. Giolito. I mean, you if you're you have hey, you see Giolito lately? Have to do that. He's been on fire. Um, I don't know. Like they still set up nice for next year. They got a fun squad. Tim Anderson hasn't made that much noise lately. Did he get hurt? No, he's still playing. Jimmy knows having a big year. Juan Moncada. Yon. Yeah, he is. That's pretty good. Um, Man, the White Sox, the, they are in a division where, you know, I don't think the Royals will be good next year. I don't think the um, – what's the other team I'm blanking on right now? Uh, the Twins, Indians, and the White Sox can get themselves into that mix. I don't think the Royals, and I don't think – what team am I freaking forgetting about right now? Royals? The, the Royals and – Tigers. The Royals and Tigers won't be contending next year. So the White Sox still like they can go hang out with the other two. I think they just they're one step away from the White Sox and Giolito's the real deal. He's the, your main topic right now. If you talk to a White Sox fan, it's Giolito and it's the fun clubhouse. I haven't seen and a lot of antics uh, for the White Sox in a while, but they had a really loose dugout. Tim Anderson is hot right now, Jake. His last 30 games, he's got a 9-1-2 OPS, 386 on base percentage. Abreu's also swinging a big bat. They have anyone that's going to jump onto any like fun home run numbers? Abreu's. I'm not, I'm not sure about that, Jim. I know if you're if you're trying to get someone, and this is to show you're really in on the White Sox. You mentioned Michael Kopech, big pitching prospect. Um, he had the Tommy John surgery this year. He was the big one of the big pieces they got in the Chris Sale tree, trade, um, him and Moncada. So, uh, you know, when you start talking White Sox 2020 and you mentioned Michael Kopech, that's how they know you're you're a real fan. Yeah. I mean, you also got uh, Eloy Jimenez, who's got 22 home runs right now. So uh, let's do you think he can pop 30? That'd be a question I'd, I'd entertain. He's got 22 home runs in 91 games. Do you think he breaks 30 by the season's end, Jake? He's got to, right? Yeah, he'd be on pace, too. I mean, it's, it's still a little tight. Eight before the end of the year, you can't have a slump, but he should do it. Yeah. All right. That ends this episode of Talking Baseball. We thank everyone for joining and listening. We will be back on Monday to recap the weekend that was. Some exciting series coming up. And then next week, we might have some smaller episodes coming your way. Thank you guys very much for listening, engaging, supporting, and uh, leave a rating and review if you are so inclined. Thank you, and we are out. We're talking baseball.